to fetch the cold spring water. A Russian folk tune, one of his favorites. His voice echoed through the cab. Behind her, a young lad is shouting, Lass, stand still, lass, stand still, let's have a little talk. Nepetrov felt a pleasant itch in his crotch as he imagined the young woman, wearing woolen tights against the cold. She held a wooden bucket as she bent over the well, her legs slightly apart. Perhaps when he dropped off this fuel he would reach into his pocket for a few hundred roubles, fight a woman for his amusement. Though his lass would be wearing too much makeup, and stink of all the other men she'd had that day. Outside, thick gray clouds blocked the sun. The temperature had fallen since morning, the first real cold snap of the long Siberian winter. Nepetrov wore a hat and leather driving gloves. He preferred not to use his heater. The cold kept him awake. He put aside the last with the bucket and slipped into a new song. Down the Volga, Mother Volga, over the wide sheet of water, there rises a thunderstorm, a huge thunderstorm. The road was still clear, aside from a big tractor dragging a load of bricks toward him. Nepetrov upshifted and feathered the gas pedal, watching with satisfaction as the speedometer rose to 120 kilometers, 75 miles an hour. Nothing is to be seen on the waves. There is only a small black ship. Shamir gripped the wheel of the tractor, watching the big tanker truck rumble at him. Even the wind couldn't soothe his burning bones. With every rut in the road, the claws inside him dug deeper. Whatever came next, He'd be leaving this pain behind. Five. The big truck was about three hundred meters away and steaming along. Shamir edged the tractor toward the center of the road, real estate that the truck had already claimed. Now's the time, father, the Arab had told him a few minutes before, after getting a call on his mobile phone. We'll be with you. We'll all be watching you. Four. The truck could have moved back into its lane to give Shamir room. Instead, it veered toward Shamir, bearing down on him, trying to force him to the edge of the road. Its air horn fired a long blast in warning. Three. Shamir pulled the tractor slightly to the right, as if he were getting out of the truck's way. The air horn blasted again. Two. Allahu Akbar. God is great. The words emerged in a whisper from Shamir's ruined throat. One. He twisted the wheel hard left. There is only a small black sh No! Suddenly the tractor blocked the road ahead. Nepetrov had only bad choices, jerk the wheel hard left and skid into the trees, stamp his brakes and jackknife the tanker behind him. He chose to do nothing at all, hoping that he might somehow smash the tractor into pieces and survive. Perhaps he would have, if not for the bricks the tractor was hauling. The crash killed Shamir instantly. Nepetrov wasn't so lucky. The force of the collision split the cab from the tanker. The cab rolled forward, and for a wild moment, Nepetrov saw the pavement coming up at him through the windshield. Then the cab flipped onto its side, bouncing down the road, breaking apart. It trailed metal and glass and coolant for seventy-five feet before finally it stopped. Behind the cab, the tanker slid forward, its undercarriage grinding against the road, kicking up a sea of sparks. It smashed into the back of the cab and stopped.
For a moment, the two pieces of the truck rested beside each other, a parody of the vehicle they had once been. Inside the cab, Nepetrov tried to get his bearings, still alive, though he couldn't understand how. His seatbelt had saved him. That crazy farmer on his tractor, why hadn't he moved? No matter. Now he needed to get out. He reached for the belt, but his arms weren't working. In fact, as he looked at his right wrist, he saw a bone poking through his skin. Though it didn't hurt, didn't bother him at all. What about his legs? He tried to wriggle in his seat, but he couldn't move, caged like a chicken. A chicken on the way to the slaughterhouse. Bang! The cab jolted forward as the tanker hit it. No! Nipitrov whispered. The tanker didn't have an automatic fire protection system or the other safety equipment standard on its cousins in Western Europe and the United States. It was a